Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Hey, what is up, everyone? Happy Monday. We're so excited to be sitting down with you all once again. uh, I know I say this over and over, but it's really such a joy to get to do this show. Recording days with Beth are some of my favorite days, and Mm -hmm. it's just been so fun as we dive deeper and deeper into this. So thank you all for being here. Yes, I totally second all of that. Thank you all for your patience as we took last week off to honor 9-11 and the victims who lost their lives that day, Mm -hmm. as well as all police officers, firefighters, and first responders who were there on that day. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you all so much. And after a week off, we're back, we're refreshed, and we're stoked to be sitting down recording today. We actually had like a major bestie friendship girl chat catch up time before this, and it's been so good for the soul. So I'm like fired up going into today's topic. Uh, Today, I want to talk about a topic that's really important to me, and I think it'll resonate with others listening, especially the fellow go-getters, entrepreneurs, business owners, and based on who listens to this podcast, I know that some of you out there have tried or successfully have started a business. So maybe you've tried photography, maybe you've tried to be an artist, to start a graphic design company, a brick-and-mortar business, really anything. And why did you do this? Because ideally, in life, the goal is to do what you love. Right, right, exactly. And with, quote, doing what you love, that can sometimes absolutely take off. You may find major success in pursuing your passion, and that's what we encourage on this podcast, definitely. Like, that's a big thing we encourage. Um, However, have you ever tried to make money from doing something that you already love, like a hobby, whether that's knitting or painting, basket weaving, what have you, <laughs> and found that it just doesn't work? It didn't work out. You know, you may find that you lost some of your original joy that you used to find from doing that activity or that you have a hard time actually making a full living out of a hobby and you subsequently also lose your motivation to turn it into a job. That's why I'm a firm believer in today's discussion. Should you try to make money from your hobbies? Is there always success in pursuing your hobby as a career? Do you really have to do what you love for work? Or is there peace and success in working a nine to five? So we have tons to unpack for this topic, so we're gonna jump right into it. But first, let's hop over to community news. So for community news today, I just have a question. I've seen a few people, a few photographers I follow bring this up, so I just wanted to pose it. Do any of us remember threads? <laughs> Are any of us actually using threads these days? Because I shared about it a couple weeks back for community news. Right after it dropped, I was like, threads, millions of users. We got on it for Art of Intention. And granted, this might be my shortcoming, but like I have not remained active on it. But I'm wondering if that's a few people. So I wanted to pose this question to Beth and to our listeners. Like, Do people still care about threads or was that like a one day hype? And then it just kind of kind of fizzled. I want to know. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. To be honest, I haven't used it. The only thing that actually reminds me it still exists is when I go to somebody's profile on Instagram, you see that little icon underneath their name that says like the number, like when they joined, which I also just recently found out that's what that means. I was like, what is that? Is that how many followers they have? (laughs) Me too. I was like, I have a hundred million followers on threads. You're like, that can't be right. No, it's when you join. That's how many people were on threads at the time that you joined. So interesting concept. But yeah, I don't. It's a weird I'm not stat, using to be it. Honest. 
the only time it's really weird, but it's whatever. But um, the, yeah, or I'll see there's like a couple of people that I follow and only a couple that every once in a while they'll post something from their threads onto their Instagram story. And that reminds right. me like, okay, that exists, but it doesn't, it never, here's the thing that makes me not motivated to go do it myself. When I see it on other people's stories, it doesn't motivate me to want to go look at it on threads. So if right. it's not making, if it's not pulling me to the app, if it's not drawing me in, then I know it's not a good marketing thing. So I'm not going to mm. put my time into it. That's my theory. Right. Yeah. I hopped on it. I'm on it on my personal Instagram. And basically, and like I knew this going into it, it is very much structured like Twitter, just more like kind yeah. of quick thoughts. And to me, I just, I don't love social media that much, to be honest. Like I love it as a marketing tool. I use it for my business. Mostly I, I love the good things about it, the way it connects you, but I'm not trying to be on every single thing. Like I've never had Twitter. I deleted Snapchat years ago. Like I kind of just like having what's essential for my business, which is Facebook, Instagram. So I just kind of yeah. saw it as like another social media that I don't overly need. So that's why I haven't, but you, let us know your thoughts. Are you still on threads? If you're marketing on threads, is it helping you? Are yeah. you doing it just for fun? I've seen some business owners be on there kind of just for fun. So I don't know. I want to know other people's thoughts. Do threads still exist and do you like them? So today's topic, like I said, is something I've really thought about time and time again. So I personally am constantly thinking of business ventures. No matter how hard it sounds, I like the ideas sometimes, whether it's expanding my already existing photo editing business or opening a brick and mortar shop. Uh, some of you know it's a dream of mine to own and operate a coffee shop one day. And with that, I get all these little ideas all the time of things that I'd love to do while making a living, like things that I could start and do. I actually originally during college wanted to make it as a painter and fully pay all of my expenses that way as an oil painter. I've thought about becoming a painter, a tattoo artist, owning a coffee shop or another small boutique or store, pursuing music, photography, more like there's so <laughs> many things I've thought about going into. I'm a multi-passionate lady, but something <laughs> all those things have in common is they're hobbies of mine. They're already things I like to do, but does that necessarily mean that it would make for a good business. Oh, yeah. I feel you there. I'm constantly thinking of new business ideas too. Um, but anyways, I love that question you just posed, like how you phrase that. That's awesome. And I'm super excited for this conversation. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the quote hustle culture and think that we always have to have creative ideas, business ideas, and that we constantly have to be marketing ourselves to the world and telling mm. the world why they should be paying us for that service. If you do work a nine to five, and you still may be told that you need a side hustle in addition to your full-time job, or you should be trying to escape your full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that I have mixed feelings on. Um, right. And I'm sure you do too, Ayla. But I think there's some really important messages surrounding this topic that we really should like get clear and kind of push out there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Like I, I could totally just go off. I have so many ideas when like sitting and looking at this outline and I think we're just going to like go for it. But because um, there's like, it's kind of a, started out as like a two-sided coin and then it was like a three-sided coin and then a four-sided like whatever <laughs> getting yeah. into this topic of like directions you could go but basically first off if you are someone who has successfully started a business that was originally a hobby a photographer a baker whatever and you find joy each day when you show up to work that's amazing 
you're amazing. I truly find that phenomenal best case scenario. Like if you start your own business out of a hobby and you, you just keep the joy and passion with it, like wrapped up in a bow, good to go. Like that's, that's really great. However, something I've run into is that starting a business out of a hobby once loved can sometimes take the fun out of it. And I'm not saying your work or business has to be fun 100% of the time, 24 seven. In fact, if you're running a business, it probably won't be like every everything worth doing in life is going to be hard at some point. So I'm not saying it should never be hard, but maybe you dove into starting a business out of a hobby or something you loved. And suddenly that hobby that was once your escape, now it's your source of income. And now you've meddled with something that helped you escape your work and made it your work. And I think we see that a lot. That is something unexpected that people aren't prepared for when they jump into monetizing yeah. a hobby. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, let's start there for sure. I see it happening in the photography industry. I I would say more than average, but just a ton either way. Right. Um, after a photographer takes their business full time, especially if it's a new photographer and they just go, I'm just going to like go for it and go full time. Um, after multiple shoots a week, editing, client care, all that back end work, the last thing they want to do is then go take pictures for fun. Right. <laughs> but they're so used to photography being their hobby. And then their and their passion that they feel just utterly burnt out and stuck when the one thing that used to relieve their stress, like you said, is now the cause of it. Um, and it's simply because they don't have a new hobby or a new outlet. So if I don't know if you like have thoughts on that too. Totally. Well, yeah, I do. And I really I like that last point you made too of like maybe it's not necessarily that you can't pursue your hobby as your income, but then it just might be time to find something else. that can supplement that hobby. Like I totally feel that 100%. Now I didn't do this for very long, but like I said, I tried to make money selling paintings for a while at the very beginning of 2020. And granted, this was because Chris and I were trying to travel later that year. Let's all just laugh about that one. Um, So I knew that selling paintings wasn't going to be a full-fledged business, but I thought it could make me some extra money. And this is just like this is like a random story, but I think the biggest mistake I made was offering like custom designs and paintings without having an established style. So to expand on that is like, mm. I have certain things that I know I like to paint and that I like to do. But when I went to offer selling my artwork, I was like, your designer, mine, like, tell me whatever you want and I'll paint it. And not a lot of artists ever do that because they have their style. It's, it's again, like niching down. So then I'd get ideas. People sent me, you know, like, oh, can you do this and this? And not that their ideas were bad at all. Like, it was all good ideas. It was just stuff I wasn't very good at doing because it wasn't in a niche. It wasn't like a style that I really followed. And I think I turned around some work that I wasn't 100% proud of, which is just kind of like the artist's curse in general. I don't know if I can ever paint something where I'm like, ah, perfect, because I'm always going to be like nitpicking my own work. But like, I think I should have just like created what I wanted to create and then been like, this is up for sale and see what people did. But anyway, basically yeah. sitting down, like I got commissions, which was really lovely. Actually, it was really nice of um, people who followed me and my friends to actually take me up on that and be like, yes, can you paint this? Can you paint this? One of my favorite things to do was actually couples portraits. Like oh. they'd send a picture that they already have and I'd paint it in like black and white and kind of make it more surreal. That was one of my favorite things to do. So I did get to do a lot of that, but still sitting down to paint and do something that I once loved 
it didn't take very long for it to feel stressful and for Mm -hmm. it to suddenly become a thing that I had to do. And it wasn't as like therapeutic as it used to be. There was a deadline on it. And if I were to do, so if I were to do it again, I would just kind of like paint the things I want to paint and sell them as they are. Yeah. No timing or anything to it. But I did, that was the first time I experienced something I love now becoming a chore and then something I didn't want to do. So, uh, I would try it again, but I I could never make a living that way, basically. I decided I would never make a living doing art like that. Mm. And not because I'm not capable of making a living, but I just I just liked it more as a hobby. Like yeah. I just like it more when it's on my own timing. And I would rather I've kind of stepped into I would rather like gift people artwork than asking them to pay for it. It really stresses me out putting a dollar value on something that I just love to do because I love to do it. And so I'm like, I'd rather gift this to you or I'd rather have like you decide what you think it's worth or whatever, like just do it more loosey goosey and just keep it as a hobby because I've tried it paid before and it just like, I wouldn't want to make it a business. So not because I'm not a professional, but because I can put more of my heart and time into it. If somebody wants to buy what I end up making, that's fine. But I hope that makes sense. Basically, that was the first time that I realized just because you love doing it and you're good at it doesn't mean it has to be your 24 seven business. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. And you know, it's interesting because um, I've seen that in other people as well. My younger sister is a very talented artist. Actually, my older sister is too. Um, they're just great artists. And like no one would necessarily know because they both don't like put it out there. They don't like sell it or anything. Right. But so often my family has tried to convince my little sister to sell her art. Because she's mm. – I mean she also has one of those things where she can paint like huge paintings just randomly like off the cuff. And I'm just like, why is that the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever seen? Like how do you how do you do that? And my older sister, I think there would have been that push as well for her. But she went to school to be an interior architect. So she was doing – you know, that does require right. like art. And so she was kind of doing that. And my little sister, I it, it always baffled me. She would never say yes. She would always hard no. She said, I'll mm. never sell my work. I'll never – I'm never going to do it as a job. I don't want to do it. And she wouldn't really say why. And she said it's not – except she would say it's not fun like when I do that. If It's stressful yep. for me when I have to – when yep. and now I have like a deadline for it and I have to do it. And I, I just – I never really understood that because for me, like drawing, like painting art was never like something that I was particularly, I think, phenomenal at or I think that I ever really like wanted to. You well, – okay. You, hold on. Beth's going to say well, she's never, not. I've seen you doodle before. No. Okay. It's not fair because I went to school for art. And I can do what I can do. And then sometimes you just do things randomly. You're like, um, I just doodled and it's really good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's inspired by what my sisters do. It's not, it's because right. I, it's because they were so artistic. It was like, well, that's what you did. I think it was just like, okay, right. I got to, I got to draw because that's what they're doing. Um, but yeah, but it was never I, like a way, release for you really. Yes. It was yeah. never something that I like, it was never like, I would even say a hobby. It also wasn't something I ever wanted to turn into a business or thought about because let's be honest, like we were just talking about, we both are always thinking of how we can like make new businesses. And I yeah. would have thought, how can I monetize this at some point? Right. But I, I think the closest I got to that, cause you were telling a little bit about your art and your experience with that. Um, over the years, like I said, I really like thrive and do well off of like getting super into new things all the time and then moving on to the next thing right after that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. there. I think the word for that's like serial hobbyist. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just saying. Maybe that's just what it is in my head. But, but yeah. yeah, I love getting – Chris is the same way. He like – he'll get so into something and then he'll keep yes. going. And I'm like – and exactly. I – yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just – I love getting like so sucked into a new thing. 
And like, so for example, a few years ago, I don't even know how many years now, but a few years ago I did stump printing and it's where like you have to get like <gasps> I a remember huge, that. Remember? Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. Yeah. You get like a huge dry stump, um, like a big log, like, you know, something you like burn it and then you scrub it with a wire brush, you cover it in ink and then you have to like print it a certain way and roll it onto a canvas. And it was so cool and so fun. And I thought as after I did my very first one, I was like, how can I turn this into a business? This went yep. so well. Like this was awesome. And uh, um, I, long story short, ended up not happening um, for a myriad of reasons. And I've just learned that honestly, I just want to try it, get good enough to where I could turn it into a business and then move on. I'm very competitive yeah. and I think that's Ooh. what that is. I'm just like, okay, I want to get so good at this where people are like begging to pay me and then I'm be like, bye, next thing. Is that bad? I don't know. That's crazy. So that's me. That's how like I collect successful hobbies like like trading cards. I don't even know. That's like my oh thing. Oh my gosh. I love that. No, that's awesome. I've like because I know people definitely try different hobbies, but the fact that you're like, I'm gonna master it and then I'm never gonna do it again. I think that's chaotic and that's awesome. <laughs> I know but, it doesn't like, make sense to a lot of people, but that's just what it is. Like no, but I – well, I think that's cool. And I don't think there's a problem with, like, kind of always having your mind going like that. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there's a reason that you started a business and there's other people like you and me. There's people way more entrepreneurial than I'll ever be of, like, how can I make yeah. the most from this? And, like, well, like, almost that more, like, shark direction. And I'm, like, yeah, that scares me. You know, like, yeah. there's definitely – I'm not at a level that certain people will be as far as, like, everything could be a business. But definitely my mind is always going. And I like yeah. to – I like to fix – problems in businesses like yeah. if I did a coffee shop that's going kind of slow I'm like okay well, what can we do to like boost things you know like I like fixing yeah. problems in that so um yeah no I definitely like stuff like that but I think that's awesome like the serial <laughs> hobbyist thing and I'm pretty similar like I love finding new things to do and I also feel like I've seen people in my life um be really good at something like you said with your little sister like be really yeah. good at something like painting and then yeah have people say well you should sell that or yeah, you should totally sell your paintings. You're good enough. Or um, like for for Chris, for instance, he's a really good cook. He's he's way better than me at cooking as far as like creativity. He oh, can wow. like – he'll try things. He knows what flavors go well together randomly. Like he just wow. like is really wow. – a really creative cooker. Not like chef, but you know, he, he can make stuff taste really good. He's looked into culinary school or working line cook, mm. but he would not want to do it because of the rest of the culture that comes with like fine yeah. dining restaurants and stuff. So like, it's okay for him to just like cooking and not want it to be a career because he doesn't want to work in a stressful kitchen and be like shouted at or whatever, you know, like things like that. So it's totally normal. Basically, I guess this whole first point is like, it's something to- it's totally normal to have something you just love to do, but everything else that comes with monetizing it and making it a business, it's okay if you don't like those aspects of it. And therefore, then it's just your hobby, you know, like, unless you have the drive to do everything else that comes with it, that's great. But like, I guess I'm saying like your sister too, totally yeah. all good. If her art's phenomenal and she's like, oh, I just do that for fun. It's like hard to wrap your mind around sometimes, but I get it, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's the first main point that we want to drive home here. You should have other things that you love to do outside of your job, whether you own a business or work a nine to five, and you don't have to constantly be thinking of how you can monetize that specifically. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm a big believer in having other interests outside of your job, especially as like a nine to five employee. Um, 
especially when I'm going hard in editing at my desk Monday to Friday, nine to five, I have to do other things outside of that. Like I have to do things that get me out of the house. I think it's good for your mind, your soul, your body. And um, I want to expand a bit more. I think the the next part we'll kind of jump into is, is this whole concept of having other things you do while appreciating your nine to five. But with that, here's one thing I want to throw in there to kind of wrap up this point. This is where like my brain started going so many directions with this topic. So here it is. Some people are designed, they are designed to up and leave their nine to five, start a business, be a trailblazer. Like I was saying earlier, full on entrepreneur to the nines and go for that hus- like hustle culture, boss culture, all of that. Others are designed for other things. Others are designed to thrive at a Monday to Friday job, whether it's office work, customer service, retail, or whatever. And so the energy that they have for the rest of the day into other things. Not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Think about it. If everybody was like this self-starter, I'm going to be a business coach, entrepreneurial coach, starting a business, making invention thing. What would the world run on? We need the people to do other things that make the world go around, the mechanics, the accounting, it's like everything else. And God has designed each and every person to fit into that part. So like you don't have to sit always sit and be like longing if you're doing the wrong thing, if you're doing what you've designed, what like what you're designed to do, basically. So like not everyone can be an entrepreneurial. So obviously you may be created for other things. Some people are created to only be a stay-at-home parent. If you're currently happy with your work, if you think it's the path that God's put you on and you're able to fill the rest of the life, the rest of your life with the things you love, to me, there's no reason to worry about having an extra hustle and to constantly try to monetize other things you can do. However, with that, the other edge of the coin, so that's the first point, is like you can work your day job, have other things to do outside of it without having to hustle, monetize it, whatever. The other side of the coin is if you find yourself yearning for more when it comes to your work, more control, more freedom, something like leaving that job and jumping into entrepreneurship may be what you're called to. I hope that made sense. I was kind of trying to like explain all sides of the story with that last little point there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think it also explains how there is so many ways you can think about this and, or are so many ways you can think about this and, um, yeah, how there are so many sides to this coin. It seems simple at first. And then it's really like, okay, you, there's a lot of things to think about with this topic because I think there are some right ways to do this and some wrong ways, Right. but that's kind of hard to try to paint it in a black and white picture. So we're going to, we're going to just explain the best we can, I guess. So anyways, I'm loving this conversation so far. And I think so much of what we're talking about here stems from that one quote, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And wow, have I thought about this phrase a lot over the years. First off, I think people take this as do what you love and nothing will ever be hard. And that's just not the truth. Not to say that there's not great things about pursuing your passion and letting your passion fuel you. But in my opinion, it's not it, it like it's simply not realistic to assume that if you're doing what you love, that things will come easy. And I think too many people mm. get kind of accidentally tricked into turning their hobby into their career because they think it will be so perfect and fun and easy. But entrepreneurship and starting a business just by itself, no matter what the business is, is tough work. And if you don't have it in you to find a new hobby, then you shouldn't be giving up your current one and swapping it out for a job. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many, again, there's so much we could say about that, but that's just a little thought I had about this. I think so much of 
just the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and turning every hobby into some kind of like business thing is because people think, oh, I already love it as a hobby. And if you love what you do, it'll never really be like work. But if you're trying to turn everything into money, I'm sorry, it, it is work. It is work. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that last thing you said, I've never worded it that way either of like you're exchanging a hobby for work. And if you're not prepared to like maybe have some other kind of outlet, because I'm a big believer in having an outlet that's not work, even if it's movies, even if you love movies and like putting on a movie helps you unwind. Like I'm not saying it has to, you have to learn a new instrument or something like that. But yeah, you're basically swapping it out and turning it into a job. So then are you willing to like find something else outside of it? And I feel like I see people discover that in entrepreneurship and it gets hard or even like with painting. I went to school for art. I already love it. I'm going to do it as a job. And then that was the last thing I wanted to do later. So take photographers or anything creative, really photography, art, floral design. You're likely pursuing it as an artist. This can happen, especially with creative. I think it's right brained thinkers. You love to create. So that's what you want to do every day. But with that, comes your taxes, your bookkeeping, licensing your business, possibly hiring employees, client care, all these things that have nothing to do with the creative side of your business, but they're essential in making it run. You you just have to have it. And it's not to say you're not capable of juggling all that. You can learn. Beth and I have had to learn these things and a lot of other creative mm-hmm. entrepreneurs have had to learn these things. It is not impossible, but that's where the work comes into doing what you love. It is going to be. <laughs> you get to do what you love. Beth gets to go shoot a beautiful wedding for a weekend. Mm-hmm. She loves it. She gets to put her creative editing into it, but then she's got yeah. to build a client. She's got to set up consultation calls. She has to do her taxes at the end of the year. Like no matter what, it's going to be a balance of the things that you that you love less and it's doable, but you could be blindsided by it if you didn't think about yes. that going into it, I guess. Oh yeah, exactly. Blindsided is a perfect word for that. I mean, for real. I, I mean, and you would remember this, <laughs> Ayla, but when I was in middle school and high school, I remember being terrified of learning about bills and taxes. I just wanted to travel the world. You, I know you remember yeah. this. You oh exposed me for this, I think, earlier on. The, like in one of the first episodes yeah. of the podcast, you're like, I remember we wanted to go move to an island or I don't know. We talked about it at some point. And yeah. um, I just wanted to, yeah, travel the world, have adventures, explore. And all of that was motivated by me never wanting to have like bills or taxes. I think it got morbid. We were definitely 11 years old. Mm-hmm. We were we were big into Pirates of the Caribbean. We were like, oh, listen, yeah. I just want to explore the world. This is all I want to do. And oh. you were like, I you were like, I hope I die young. I hope I die before <laughs> I have to do bills or taxes. You were like, I'd literally yep. rather just turn 18 and then die because that's when yeah. show up. And I was like, Beth, no. You're like, wait, 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 chill out. You're like, I didn't mean but that. Like, no, yeah. But like, I was, but you know, it comes slowly and you figure it out. But I definitely, I don't think any of that's really changed in you or me. We just tolerate it now. <laughs> I just, I just accept the fact that when I was 18, I didn't, you know, either die on a Pirates of the Caribbean adventure or get stranded on an island where there's no bills and no troubles. So I'm just, I guess, living with it now. Maybe that's maturity. Yep. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, and then of course, that's the thing interesting too. It, it's like, all uh, while there are benefits to me having my own business benefits I used to crave you know I have a little more creativity more freedom in some ways I have adventures that I've always dreamed of but it still involves so much paperwork and taxes bills from all over the place like how did that happen how did how is it that people who really you and I who wanted to not pay taxes not pay bills more than almost anybody we knew and we end up and the then you start who, a business where like, yeah. especially where I'm at in Canada, man, they, they get you if you run a small business, they, nice. they know about you. They'll, they'll get they know you. About you. <laughs> yeah. They know about yeah. you. 
and just yeah setting up like the most paperwork and of course I mean this is could be a whole other episode on ways you can then outsource that stuff and yeah be more on the side of doing what you love but basically that's the point of like do what you love and never work for a day in your life to me it doesn't exist doesn't mean you're not doing what you love but anything worth doing has work behind it and Mm -hmm. has has some hardships it's the same with being a parent if you want to be a parent and someone's like oh having kids it's hard it's like I know I'm not choosing that because it's easy but because it's it's worth it but yeah so that's a bit on like if you end up pursuing what you love a hobby and something like that and it goes successful like I said in the beginning that's wonderful just be prepared for some of the harder points to come with that and also um I think Beth you've actually touched on this on your Instagram before like talking to photographers here like if photography is your hobby and you jump into it, you make it your business, things are going well, you might be tempted to continue to set yourself up for like workshops and things like that because you once found them fun and just some encouragement on like maybe go find other things outside of photography that you like to do. Like you, like you said, you've gotten really into like diving and swimming and stuff like that, like completely unrelated. I mean, I guess you're like taking pictures while you do that. (laughs) No, but I, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. Although I will say that's the photographer's curse is as soon as you become like this would a make photographer, great everything, everything, everything is now in the context of photos, which is why you'll find you can either listen to people who've lived through it, like me trying to give you advice and wisdom, or you can figure it out yourself and you'll come to find that the more you see everything in the context of your work, the more you'll need to intentionally find ways to escape it. And okay. with photography being something that you see everything, oh, that's a, that'd be so cute for photos. Oh my gosh, I want a picture here. Oh, like, and even bringing other people into it. Like, Chad, can you take this picture of me? Oh, can you do this? Like every activity suddenly becomes a photo shoot. Yeah, like you said, I talked about that before on my Instagram. But finding a hobby that has nothing to do with photography. Going and doing a workshop even though it's not your job, even if you don't make money for it, if you go to do a style shoot, that's still work. And it's too closely related to your job to be a hobby. It's not a hobby. Mm-hmm. No. Veto. Done. Don't do that. You do it if you want, but that needs to be in your mind considered As a context work. of work mm-hmm. because you're not getting the mental break that you need by doing something that's still in the context of work. Because guess what you have to do with those photos? You still have to go and edit them. They're going to go in your editing queue. You're going to have to use them to advertise just like all your other photo shoots. I know I'm speaking just to photographers, but I think people can imagine this expands to anything, any entrepreneurial type job. You got to get out and do something different. For diving, I do. That has been my biggest release lately. Mentally, physically helps me a ton. And although I can bring a camera underwater with me, and I do sometimes choose to do that, I have been trying also to not. I've just been trying to dive Mm -hmm. to enjoy it. And when I dive and we don't take any pictures or videos, no GoPro footage, nothing, I come out of the water feeling so much better. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of doing it. You just have to find a hobby that has nothing to do with your career and then you'll see the benefits. So if you don't believe me, just try it. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you don't believe the other people who are talking about this, just try it. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about this more in the future. But for me, finding something that's stark different than editing. I mean, I've talked about this a lot. I'm a very like, I like to be active. So it's easy for me to do things that are complete opposite of editing because editing is like computer work. So I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm itching. I'm like, 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 get me outside. Let's go do something. But like, um, getting into the gym and getting really into like learning how equipment works, learning how it affects your body. Like it's something else to just learn about and get way into. Granted, it has gotten me thinking about like, oh, how do you get registered as a physical therapist and like making that work again, (laughs) but, or as a um, personal trainer. But for now, that's something I get to do for an hour and a half every day. That's not my job. And I would go in, I go nuts without it or something along the lines that gets me away from a computer. So it's not like, 
I can say all you want, you have to find another hobby, but I feel like honestly, it should just naturally happen. Like anyway, and that's kind of like, I guess that goes, I'll transition into the next point here because we've been talking a lot to the entrepreneurs about if you are going to start something out of, out of a hobby, that's great. Like Beth said, be willing to replace that with something else that helps you escape from your work. But now I want to shift into talking to those who are working on Monday to Friday, nine to five. I want to start this point right now. There is still an absolutely fulfilling and thriving lifestyle in that as well. And your job doesn't even have to be what you love because you can fill your life with other parts of that. Like it's okay if your your current nine to five isn't necessarily like, I don't know, not to say like you don't want it to be good. You want your job to be good. But basically like it's okay if you're working your nine to five to get through it and then fund other parts of your life that you love a lot more so long as that job is generally fulfilling and like non-toxic, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. The last little point we want to make today is this. We have covered that some people are designed to start a business, create something new, pursue entrepreneurship and self-employment, like you said, Ayla, and how with that comes a myriad of responsibility. So let's talk to the person who is currently working as an employee, who doesn't really want to leave their job, who doesn't want to make their own hours, quote unquote, um, or anything like that, and who's perfectly content with their day job. So Ayla, go ahead and kind of jump into that direction. For sure. Yeah. So in my in my opinion, and we'll get into this because I think Beth and I have like not different opinions, but again, just a topic we want, really want to fully flesh out here. In my opinion, yeah. there is so much room to thrive and find joy when working a nine to five. In fact, there's a lot of peace and security that I kind of miss about being a full-time employee and the routine of it all. I have a love-hate relationship with routine and Beth, I'm sure you can relate to this. I love a good routine, yeah. doing the same thing in the morning, doing the same thing at night, um, things I do to jump into my work and Overall, I find productivity behind a good routine, doing the mm-hmm. same things daily, weekly, monthly. But of course, then I get bored easily and I like want to yeah. shake things up. And after a couple months of being in routine, I'm like, oh, I would need to move cities or something like, right? I, yes. you know, and I want to and soon want to find something to just shake up the day to day. So overall, in my opinion, a full time job as an employee can give you so much freedom that you maybe have never considered before because you have the strict things you do every day. But then you've got all these hours outside of it with room to grow, to find a hobby, things like that. Right. Now, I want to preface this by saying, because I know I just said that um, sticking with your nine to five and like not seeking any extra monetization of your hobbies outside of that is a good thing. I am not telling you to stick with any day job that is toxic or that drains your soul or anything like that. Uh, I think several weeks ago now, I, I shared kind of a personal life update that was happening to me at the end of 2022 with a really toxic job that I ended up leaving. And like, I am a big advocate for just leaving that job if it sucks the life out of you. Like, absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like, well, it funds your life. So just stay there. No. If you can give yourself and your family a better situation by leaving a job like that and either finding a better one or pursuing entrepreneurship, that's great. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think in this part of the episode, I want to encourage those who like their nine to five or even, you know, get through it for the most part to pursue more outside of it. Because again, working a nine to five, you can still make work your life and be thinking about it after work all the time. And that's where, again, I think it's totally okay to go in, show up at nine o'clock, leave at five o'clock, and then you go 
see your friends and go do something or on the weekend you go for a hike or go camping or whatever your hobbies or passions are, I would encourage you to fill more of your day kind of with those and your nine to five more so like fuels that. And no, not a second job, not more money, not something to monetize, but overall, like how can you get the most out of life when working in nine to five? And again, I want to say so long as it's financially stable, I understand that the economy is weird right now and there's a lot of working two jobs or starting a side hustle to be able to fund it. I understand that's a situation, but generally let's say your one job can fund your lifestyle. Do I necessarily think you have to give into this like side hustle, hustle culture thing? Not really. There's other things you can find outside of your nine to five to just like bring you joy and fulfillment. So that's kind of my opinion on it. If you're content with your job, you don't have to be doing all of these other things all the time to make more money. Right. And I would say, because Ayla just said, you know, a few minutes ago that we may have differing opinions on the, on this coming up. And this is where I think that like, I agree like 90% with that. I would say I'm basically on board. I do think that more people need to learn that you don't have to constantly be thinking, how can I monetize everything? Because that often leads to the sacrifice of a just good, honest hobby that doesn't have anything to do with work. But I think I'm a little more pro like the quote unquote hustle culture than you. Okay. Um, I, I actually am kind of okay with it. I know that, that um, there's arguments for and against it, but um, I actually think it's like I, I find it good to have like things you're kind of always trying to monetize, not to a bad bad point. I think that you do need to have like breaks and real hobbies. Like I said, I know we already said this, but I think it's even like biblical to have multiple like investments and multiple revenue streams and multiple jobs, kind of like being a serial entrepreneur. Um, mm. which I think oftentimes for people means multiple jobs. I know you can invest without having another job, but yeah, I think it's actually a good thing. And so I like my balance that I aim towards is I do want to have like multiple businesses, multiple jobs, like always kind of having multiple right. things on the pot going, but maybe have like, like one hobby, something that relaxes me. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, cause every time I'm not working, if I'm just watching a movie or if I'm just chatting with my husband, like those should also be rejuvenating. But if I just yeah. have one good hobby like diving, then I feel like I, it, it helps me enough. Um, but yeah, I just, right. I think it's kind of, kind of biblical to, to have more of a serial entrepreneurship life. And also kind of along with that, in my view, like when I'm kind of like observing the world, I feel like the most successful people the most wealthy people, people that I kind of look up to, they have multiple business ventures, like all of them. They've Mm, just been kind of serial entrepreneurs for forever. And again, the balance, I just want to keep coming back to the balance. There's balance. You don't have to, again, you don't have to turn everything into a job, but I think it's okay to, I think it's good. I I am more pro hustle culture, I think. Um, Mm. But yeah. No, I I like that too. And I, yeah, like it's interesting how we both kind of have because I'll be like I think it comes down to calling which I know can get hard to follow but like um what you're called to because Beth you're definitely someone who's called to like busyness and I think you're really good Mm -hmm. at it and even though I know you're like we've talked about this before the constant battle always to like balance work and life is like just kind of always something that'll be there but generally I think you're you're good at like having those ideas and like expanding on them like all those things And even I, I'm someone right now who works part-time at a job, like as a barista, because that's just something I like to do and it gets me out of the house and stuff. But then also balancing that with full-time editing and constantly like trying to expand that too. So definitely like I'm a multi-jobbed person right now. But I, 
I guess I just wouldn't want people to lose value in the day-to-day too, like lose value. Like I discovered it's really important for me to have like 6 p.m. onward, like free, like dinner with my husband. That's our gym time. Then we watch a movie. That's our unwinding time. And sometimes during busy season, that time does get full and that's fine. Like I will work kind of later hours during that time, but so long as it's temporary. And I think that's a big one for me. Like so long as the working late hours is a temporary getting through it for a couple weeks time, because it could get, especially again, I'm a wife. I know it could be different for somebody who's single, mm-hmm. but actually I, I would argue if you're single, it can get very harmful to be like, I hop into work at eight in the morning and I'm not done till 10 at night every single day, <laughs> you know? So if that's happening because you're running like multiple jobs and stuff, I would definitely encourage finding a way to still give you, you know, hours that are just for you in every single day. And then hopefully like every weekend or something like that. But I like what you had to say too. I do think there is like a biblical principle to it and a success principle to it of, of busyness can and can be, and is a good thing. I think like you said in the beginning of the episode, if you do it the right way. Yeah. And I think that what you, what you were saying, I agree. It it comes down to the individual, you know, not everybody's meant for the same thing. So it comes down to the individual. I'm acknowledging that Ayla acknowledges that. Um, we're just sharing our experiences and showing you the two different perspectives because we do slightly, um, vary in this, but our messaging overall today is the same. You know, you don't have to constantly monetize everything. You got to have breaks and hobbies and everyone's different. Some people are going to be built for nine to five. Some people are going to be built for entrepreneurship, figure out which one you are. And, um, when you do figure that out, figure out how you're going to make it work. Do you need, if you work nine to five, how many hobbies do you need? If you're an entrepreneur, how many hobbies do you need? How many breaks do you need? Do you need a set? Cause even with what you were just saying, you as an entrepreneur, and a business owner, you, Ayla, you like to have your set times where you do work and you have that, you know, Mm -hmm. you try to have it more structured like that. I'm actually, again, kind of in that way, a little bit opposite. If I wasn't married, I think I would honestly work 24 seven. Like I already feel like I almost work 24 seven, but I, I only take breaks because other people make me feel guilty about working. And I, because I love working so much and I get stressed when I'm not working. And again, again, two sides to that. If you work too much, work will tire you out. You'll get burnout. But It's just such a it's just a, such an interesting balance. No, I'm oh I'm out. similar. No, Chris is so yeah. patient with me. Again, if I wasn't married, I'd probably be the same. Like working. <laughs> I know I just said you shouldn't. I say that you shouldn't no. because other people in my life have been good to tell yeah. me not to like work yeah. through the night because I probably would the same the same deal. So like it's been beneficial to have somebody in my life who understands like rest is good for you and, and yeah. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. That's where we balance each other yeah. out out really well. But uh, just finding out how much rest is that the individual needs. Yeah. And I think the other thing that kind of sparked this whole entire concept for me was like, you know, I'm a big believer in the quote. There's like there was a quote floating around for a while there that was like, you were not born to just pay bills and die. And Mm. I will always stand by that. Again, do I want to make people who work a nine to five feel bad by saying that statement? Absolutely not. And that's where I jump into like, again, not everyone's just going to be an adventurous vagabond. I work from my van on the road, like whatever, what I think of when I hear that phrase, like we're not meant to just pay bills and die. I think of, yeah, like how can you get out and explore this world the most? But obviously those things like come back down to reality, they cost money. So that's where I come to like, do I think you're just like wasting your life away because you clock in, clock out of a job every day? Absolutely not. But it's what you do with the rest of that time. Yeah. If you've got a job you're content with that can fuel the rest of your lifestyle, like I think I've seen a lot of accounts say like, I have a nine to five, here's my weekends. And they're taking yeah. their kids 
to these lakes. They're making sure they yeah. get out of the office. They use their paid vacation time to take their families places. And like, again, I understand financial situations are different. I'm not ignoring that, but I'm just saying it takes some intentionality but you can have an equally fulfilling and adventurous and awesome life while working a nine to five. It's not always, well, I'm just going to pack up my nine to five and go on the road. Like sometimes you use it to just fuel the rest of your yeah. lifestyle. And I think those are like specifically accounts I've been seeing. Maybe I'll try to like share some on our Art of Intention podcast, yeah. like stories, just more of that encouragement of like when you clock out of your office at the end of the day, what are you, what are you going and doing? And not to say you have to just like go hike every day or whatever I know I keep coming back to hiking but just like you've got so many more hours in the day to fill with life and with adventure and the things you love and a job doesn't have to stop you from that but it takes intention it takes actually getting off your couch when you come home and making that go out and happen if you want to if you want to like sustain a job but still have an adventurous not just pay bills and die lifestyle does that make sense that's kind of what I thought of when like this topic started coming around like put aside the time to jump into the things the things that you love. And again, they don't even have to make you any money. It can just be because you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of ways to do life. Overall, guys, we really wanted to encourage you with this episode in the fact that the phrase, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, can and will look different on everybody. For some people, they will leave a nine to five and pursue entrepreneurship. And while they're doing what they love, there will definitely be hard work poured into it. And on the flip side, others may be doing what they love by working hard eight hours a day at their Monday to Friday job so that they can come home and have a good time with their family or to save up for travels or to have quiet evenings delving into maybe a hobby. When it comes down to it, how we spend our eight hours of work or sometimes more than that a day looks different on anyone. And the difference is how you're going to get the most out of it. And that at the end of the day is up to you and up to Mm -hmm. what the Lord's called you to do. Yeah, like we said in the beginning, it can be so easy to get swept up into hustle culture and, you know, boss babe culture, back to the grind. And while we love hard work over here, you already heard my opinion on that too. It's really refreshing to see people find value in hobbies outside of their work and to only do them for the sake of enjoying them and just do Mm -hmm. them just to do them. Um, Not for money or anything outside of that, but because life is more than how many different ways you can make money. Yeah, for sure. We could probably go on and on about this topic. And I really want to hear if this resonated with anybody else. So if you like what you heard on the show today, and you want to continue the conversation, and you want to continue to hear about all kinds of topics each week, definitely give us a follow on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. You already know it. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Zencaster. Really direct links to each episode in our Instagram. Really, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find us there. We have so much in the works for the show as we continue along, and we're just so grateful for all of you following each step. All that said, we're excited to catch you next week with another episode. See you then. Bye. Bye.